Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well... Oh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. guys got a, lot of, got a lot of really good players, obviously, but maybe not Love viewed. You. What's that? I said thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> maybe not viewed, though, as the superstars, like maybe the 49ers have or other Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I'm Connor Rogers alongside Matthew Berry, Jay Croucher, and of course, Lawrence Jackson at the top. You heard Jared Goff. A little bit of a fake out. A thank you. Oh, never mind. It's good times in Detroit and Jared Goff these days. He's very funny, Jared. He's yeah, he's showing his new hero in Detroit. Yeah, yeah. he's much like more it. of a reserve figure uh, at the Rams, I thought. But now he's really letting his humor shine. Good for you, Jared. Good for you, Jared. Indeed. By the way, it's all it's all Jared. Um, he's I believe he's engaged to be married. I don't think he's actually married. I think he is. But his fiance is a is a swimsuit uh, is, is an SA swimsuit model, sure, very popular one as well. Like everything is coming well, up. He's a rich quarterback, so it's you know, good for <laughs> God bless. It's, it's like the movie. It's like the movie quarterback life. It's a yeah, exactly. It's little, it's very much so. Very and, much and so. Too, good he's, for him. He, he's been here before too, so you know he he done brought up these lines. He's been there. He's just chilling now. Yeah, he is. Are you aware that the letters on your hat are upside down, Lawrence? No, I'm not. I'm going to have to check that right now. Let I'm me just, look in the screen. Oh, man, they are. Man, just that's saying. Just, there's a... There's a you couldn't have you couldn't have bought. It like says a, reversed uh, on the side just to it, let you is know. That, is that the is that the brand? That or is, is that the, just like you went to some outlet and like this was like the, some sort of sh- shout out to uh, manufacturing state. Yeah, sh- exactly. shout out to the brand reversed because you know that's the you know that's the key that lets you know the words will be reversed on this hat. So, but they're not reversed; they're upside down. They're reversed and upside down. That's why is the brand not upside down? Can you, can you read it? No. What's it say? I'm going to assume it says Atlanta because God forbid you wear anything that doesn't say Atlanta on it some way, some way. Touche, touche. I'm just saying. You can tell we have a lot of time today. There's only, there's only two games this weekend. We've got a lot of time today. We have I'm not, by the way, speaking of looks, I'm, how do we feel about my um, – I feel it's a little grandpa-y what <laughs> I'm wearing today. It's a little grandpa so that's fine. It's a little – well, there. <laughs> It's very fair. It's a golf clubhouse. It's like, a little uh, right. Yeah, little 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 Peyton Manning quarter right. zip kind of action. Yeah, going yeah the on. Manning cast. Yes. That's what you would wear if you were on the Manning cast. Maybe Every, everyone has their roles. You the grandpa i I'm the quarterback e with the yeah, upside yeah, yeah, down sure. Atlanta hat. Then you know we got Jay and He's Connor. The, They're the pretty boys of the group. You know, so maybe that can be your next fight. Just leaning into the quarter zips. Leaning into the quarter zips. Yeah. Maybe I will. I'll go into Peyton. I'll go into a, a Peyton phase. Yeah. Yeah, he's a little Australian, is what he is. He's not. Uh, you know, this, this one's the the good looking guy. Jay is just you know. I, I, I didn't say. I didn't say, I didn't say Jay was good looking. I said he's a pretty boy. It's a mm. difference. Is it? It's, yeah, it's a, it's a difference. I, I wouldn't yeah, know. I'm nowhere near any of the me, categories. Me, me either. That's why I just try to dress cool. You know what I'm saying? It's actually correct. Fair enough. All right, we got All a full right. preview for yeah, both conference championships. Our best bets, daily fantasy, all of that coming up. Before we get to the actual games, a lot of coaching news in our. Roto World player news for all your player news. Go to NBCSports.com. It's official, guys. Jim Harbaugh is leaving Michigan after winning the national title to accept the head coaching job with the Los Angeles Chargers. Lawrence, 
Not really a big surprise here. It feels like this one's been building for a while, but a lot of excitement around yeah, this Yeah, it's definitely exciting, man. It is, it'll be good to see Har- Jim Harbaugh back in the NFL. And he's going to bring a lot to this Chargers organization, a lot to Justin Herbert just by the culture that he brings. He 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 never he, he doesn't fail. Like he comes to places that has failed and he completely flips the script. The 49ers in 2011 are, were coming off eight straight seasons of no playoffs. They immediately go 13-3 into three straight NFC Championship games. Does the same thing at Michigan, immediately wins 10 games. Goes to Stanford, gives them a 12-win season. They're one of only two double-digit win seasons in 70 years. Stanford football doesn't do that. So I think he's going to bring a lot of – he's going to bring toughness to this, and he knows what to do with his talent. Him and his brother, they both know talent. They're going to get the best – out of their talent don't be surprised if you see guys that you know maybe weren't making plays for the Chargers all of a sudden their mainstays in the offense now and here's Harbaugh's statement on taking this job the only job you start at the top is digging a hole so we know we've got to earn our way be better today than yesterday be better tomorrow than today my priorities are faith family and football and we're going to attack each with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind this organization is putting in the work investing capital, building infrastructure, and doing everything within its power to win. Great effort equals great results, and we're just getting started. I mean, that's how you come out with the fan base just adoring. Is is that the – do you think that's the issue with the show? Because if great effort, you know, results, you know, equals great results – is it just my lack of effort? You know, mediocre effort results in mediocre results. You don't hear as much chat about faith and family in the NHL. It's really like <laughs> right. a football phenomenon, right, yes. isn't it? And faith and family. How do you attack faith? He says <laughs> yeah. he's going to attack oh, faith, family, and football with equal parts of enthusiasm. <laughs> Go to church and just start screaming. That's right. Yes, exactly. No, I love you, God. Yes. I love you, God. Push I the priest off. Yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. We need more than 10 commandments. I want 20. (laughs) Give me 30 commandments. Here we go. It was a little who asked for this. It was was very cool, but it was like, whoa. It's not like human human beings that talk like that. You think I'm excited to get started with a great organization. I'm going to tell you a couple things here. This is awesome. Listen, I will tell you that the thing about Harbaugh is, there's a couple things about Harbaugh. He is obviously like, he is, he's the, you know, he's wired to 11, right? The, you know, oh, the old yeah. spinal tap, you know, it, it goes to 11, right? He is, he is, you know, uh, you know, 110% every single minute. Like, he's just wired that way. And so uh, he is crazy intense. Some people can take it, some people can't. But I'll give you a couple things. First off, as you can just see here, he's a quote machine. He's, his press conference are going to be awesome. He will be a content machine for those of us who do what we do, which is talk about the NFL, analyze and um, and look into the NFL. He ain't boring. He ain't boring at no, all. No, no, no. The other thing Jim Harbaugh does, and I understand there there are critics out there. Not everyone's a fan, but I will tell you this: point blank, that guy wins. Well, that guy wins everywhere, everywhere goes. he goes. He wins. Sometimes he wears out his welcome, but that guy wins every single place that he goes. The Chargers are going to win. I'm amazed that they were able to get a deal done because, again, like, I assume that Michigan was offering a zillion dollars. And, again, the Spanos family has not particularly invested in their, in their head coaching and in the, in the team, really. Um, but maybe, obviously, an opportunity for Harbaugh to come to the NFL with a, with a franchise quarterback. And there aren't that many jobs out there where you can go to a team that has a guy like Justin Herbert you know, gives him a chance to win. There's talent on the defensive side as well here. So I think if you are a Charger fan, it's very, very exciting. You know, again, we just will sit here and tell you that everyone in Ann Arbor and L.A. drinks free. Fans of, uh, for different reasons, of course, obviously the, the Wolverines losing their head coach that led them to a national title. But um, I, I think this is exciting. And the last thing I'll say about Harbaugh, and then everyone else weigh in here, the last thing I'll say is that I'm excited about him going back to L.A. He used to be a coach of the Chargers as well, yeah. uh, you know, when they were in San Diego, of course. But just him being back in L.A., he's a star, right? You know, and could we suddenly see him resume what was a very promising <laughs> acting career? Take a look at this. I don't know if people are aware of this, but there's Jim Harbaugh on oh. Saved by the Bell. You know, a star turn. That's him and Screech <laughs> yeah. at the max. 
with some uh, some extra probably. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, it's just it was a star turn. Uh, he's been so successful as an NFL quarterback and, and head coach that he hasn't gotten a chance to get back to his acting career. But now that he's in L.A., the land of stars, maybe once again we'll see. Maybe a little reboot. Maybe we'll see yeah. him on the big screen once again. By the way, Saved by the Bell, a proud NBC show. There you go. Maybe after the quarter zip phase for you, Matthew, you can go into the tucked in T-shirt belt showing Bradley <laughs> right. phase that, uh, that Jim was really showing there. Oh, um, yeah. Khaki stores in L.A. stock just went up. Yes, indeed. Um, Good news is that uh, Michael Crabtree is out of the NFL, so Jim Harbaugh can't throw f- three fade routes to him with the Super Bowl yeah, in the line game. Yep. Uh, but I think the exciting thing is just for, for Justin Herbert, who hasn't had a kind of a, I, I think, this kind of situation before. This team won five games this year. Like, uh, Justin Not Herbert real. might be the fifth best quarterback in the NFL, uh, and I think there's, there's only upside. And he's, Jim Harbaugh is probably a coach of the year favorite going into next year, just given that the, the basement was so low this year, and they could easily go from five wins to 12. And by the way, then you also sort of think about this division, right? The, the, I, I get it. We're about to ready to talk about the Chiefs and the, the AFC Championship, but the Chiefs don't seem like the Chiefs. No. And there are rumors out there that Travis Kelsey might retire after this season, that Andy Reid might retire after this season. Either way, the Chiefs looking not as dominant. As long as they have Mahomes, they're always going to be in the mix. But, like, they're not looking as dominant as they have in years past. Obviously, the Broncos and Raiders are still somewhat rebuilding. So this division, I feel like, is very winnable for the Chargers next year if things go right. And to your point, again, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, we'll see what happens with Eckler, but there's pieces on offense. And then on the defensive side of the ball as well, they also have pieces. Like, yeah. I mean, and the fifth I, overall pick in the draft. And the fifth right. overall draft. pick and Justin Herbert. Yeah. It's so funny. It feels like the Chiefs suck this year. They right. still might win the Super Bowl. <laughs> I know! <laughs> so but it's true, it's right? year for the Chiefs. Yeah. Mahomes and Reed and Spagnuolo, they're the, just the, like, the Chiefs said, Here, here's your chance. <laughs> Nobody wanted to take no. it. And no, so, they so tried. Here we are. They, they tried, but um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, there you go. There you go. There you go. That's what you get on the happy hours. You get a screech reference. You don't always, you don't always get that. You know what I'm saying? Um, it, the other thing is, is that I will see is that I think that because of the way Michigan played football, I feel like Harbaugh has this reputation as a defensive-minded coach because the Wolverines' defense this year was so dominant and has been while he's been there. But, I mean, this is a former NFL quarterback. I mean, this right. is somebody who will throw the ball, and I, I do think – you have to be excited about the prospects for Justin Herbert in this in what will be a Jim Harbaugh offense. I mean, uh, they'll get a coordinator, the whole thing, to, but like, I, you know, they're going to be aggressive. To, that's to, a, that's a to go off yeah. what you say, him being a former NFL quarterback. The good thing about Harbaugh is he's never he's a former NFL quarterback from the '90s, but he's evolved with the game. Sure. You know, um, he the Niners were doing well, and he took Alex Smith out of the game and said, "I'm going to put Kaepernick in here." They go to the Super Bowl. Um, they, they win with Michigan throwing the ball 21 times right. per game. Like, he's going to do whatever best suits his players' talents and bring that to the mass. Which is the mark of a great coach, right? I mean, too many times we've seen coaches of the NFL say, this is what we're doing. Yep. We're, we run a 3-4 defense. Uh, your personnel doesn't speak to a 3-4 defense at all. Doesn't matter. We're doing it. They're going to learn it. You know? And then, you know, and then they suck for two years and he gets fired. Like, a, a, a good coach says, all right, what do we have here? Yes. What what can you know? What what do we have here? And I'm going to build my offense. I'm going to build my team identity around what my guys do well. And mm-hmm. we're not going to try to do the stuff we don't do well. Yep. We're just going to execute on the stuff we do well. And so I think we'll see Herbert be his best from an efficiency standpoint. I agree with his you. His quarterbacks are always well with, do well with that. A lot of excitement around this hire. One last thing on it. Owner Dean Spanos did have a – he's even starting to speak a little bit like Harbaugh. Jim has led hundreds of men to success everywhere he's been as their coach. And today, Jim Harbaugh returns to the Chargers this time as our coach. Who has it better than us? The Who famous has, Harbaugh, yeah. Harbaugh family line, which originated big, from their father. Yeah, big, uh, big Harbaugh family line. Be interesting, by the way. Um, I'm just putting my request right now. Apparently, at some point in the upcoming year – Chargers will play the Ravens. It'll be the Battle of the Harbaugh's. That's on the schedule in In terms of weight. So, uh, yeah, I believe the game will be in Los Angeles. But either way, uh, that'd be a nice game for Sunday Night Football on NBC and Peacock. Just put my request in there, NFL. Just something to think about, schedule makers. I'd like that game. Talking about Harbaugh like he's Genghis Khan. <laughs> he's just invading worlds and stuff. It's unbelievable. He's a very general kind of quote. But, but, yeah. in all seriousness, like, again, this is a guy that led the 49ers to the Super Bowl. This is a guy that 
He won at Stanford. He won at Michigan. He won at San Francisco. Like, every single play. Again, like, the issue with Harbaugh, from what I understand, talking with people around the league, and the issue with Harbaugh is that, again, he is so intense, and it's so much like, my way. Burns We're doing it my way. No. It, it burns other people out. It sometimes rubs other people the wrong way. That it is, it is Harbaugh's way or the highway kind of thing. And so for other people in, in power, you know, um, you know, as we talked about, you know, one of the one of the rumors that came up around about will Belichick go to Dallas if McCarthy gets fired? It's like, well, no. Like Jerry's got a big ego. Bill's got a big ego, and like those two guys want to be the man in charge. And so sometimes when Harbaugh has found himself in situations where other people in power don't, you know, becomes tiresome or whatever, he wears out his welcome. I guess yep. is probably a, a way to say. Obviously, that didn't happen in Michigan. They wanted to keep him, but the fact of the matter is, he wants to get back to the NFL and. When you got a quarterback under 27 years old that can throw at 80 yards of, you know, like... Under and, contract. Under contract. Like, it's... You get to live in L.A. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's... There's a lot that's... Uh, it's a good gig. It's a pretty good gig. It's a pretty good gig, assuming the money works out, and I'm, obviously it must have. Yeah. He's like the millionaire's version of Scott Skiles, where Scott Skiles will give you two really good years, and then by the third Skiles. year, it's just over. <laughs> like, he's just done. <laughs> like, to, maybe Tom Thibodeau. Thibodeau's loosened up in New York, so maybe... He has, but that's it. how it used to be, yeah. for sure. That reputation. Yeah. Peter Laviolette is the was, uh, NHL version of that. I was worried we were going to go more than 10 minutes without an NBA reference <laughs> yeah. from... Uh, oh, no. He's got us covered. Uh, from Jay Croucher. But, yes. Shout out to Scott Former, yeah, former Scott Orlando Skiles. Magic point yeah. guard, Scott yeah. Skiles. <laughs> he watches the show. Yeah, yeah I close. remember I used to use Scott Skiles on NBA Jam back in the day. I will say this. He was a little bit of a badass <laughs> as a player. Like, yeah. you know, he didn't – he was a shorter guy. but He's a rebel rouser. Yeah, he didn't, yeah. He, didn't, he didn't mind mixing it up. So there is some similarities, yeah, to uh, him, and, uh, him and Harbaugh. Another but, hire here. Yeah. The Titans officially announced the hire of Coach Brian Callahan, the Bengals offensive coordinator. He's bounced around uh, as a quarterback's coach a couple different places, including Detroit before that. And they make a promotion here. Their GM, Rand Carthon, is now executive VP slash GM. So he oh. gets promoted. Chad Brinker uh, gets promoted to president of football operations. So Mike Rabel out the door, a lot of change in Tennessee. Jay, as they go the offensive route for a guy, Brad Callan, he didn't call the plays with the Bengals, but is highly regarded around the league as an offensive mind. He seems like kind of the art house version of Ben Johnson, kind of like the memento to Ben Johnson's Interstellar, um, if you will, where he doesn't, he's not a loud name, he's not a big name, but it's just got rave reviews all across the NFL. This is an offense that, frankly, has been stale for a while now, and maybe having a creative mind can get the best out of Will Levis, who I think we all think has immense potential, though he is very raw. He is. I think also a big you know, layer for this hiring to me that we have to keep an eye on is if his dad comes with him, the offensive line run game coordinator for the Browns, who is basically an Bill, NFL legend for his position Bill, at this point, Bill Callahan. Bill Callahan is widely considered like the best offensive line coach by in football by a mile. He's, you know... He's bounced around the league, but again, he's a legend. He's been there through his father, and certainly, yes. Like, you know, I, I don't know what the Titans' plans are. It seems like they're going to move on from Derrick Henry, but yes. If Bill Callahan comes with his son to Tennessee, help fix that offensive line, which was a huge issue for Game the changer. Titans this past year uh, as well, that would be really interesting. He was an offensive assistant. Brian Callahan was an offensive assistant for the Broncos when Denver won the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning as the quarterback. Manning had this quote. Uh, quote, not only did I benefit from his coaching and all the help he gave me as a quarterback for the Broncos, but also just thoroughly enjoyed being around him and coming to work every day. I think it's a great hire for the Tennessee Titans. I know we'll give the Titans everything he has. I would agree. I'm sure he will give the Titans everything he has, and I'm sure Peyton enjoyed being around him. I mean, but all due respect, like, the Broncos' Peyton Manning, you know, year was Peyton Manning. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... I don't know there's many people in the NFL that could be like, you know, Peyton, actually what you should have done there is an out route. <laughs> right, he didn't. You know, like, I don't know if you missed the guy in the flat. Especially like, that season, too, because he was literally just winning it at the line of scrimmage. Right. The arm hat went down a little bit, so that was all here. It was like, 100% that's how he won, all... won the Super Bowl there. They had the defense. So, sure. Yeah, I get yeah, what he you're was just saying like, right oh, there. Hey, their linebacker's not looking at you, Julius. We're doing another seam route. There you go. <laughs> Julius Thomas had, you know, a, a billion yes. touchdowns yes. that year. It was literally like, uh, hope springs eternal for Brian Callahan. Obviously, again, comes from NFL royalty, has been in winning success, you know, whether it was, you know, starting his career and obviously as a young man uh, with, the, with, the, uh, with the Broncos, being with the Bengals for a number of years, under Zach Taylor, comes from the Sean McVay tree. Uh, so, you know, we will, we will certainly see 
what happens here with Brian Callahan and whether he calls plays or some or he brings in somebody else to do that. Because to your point, he did not with the Bengals, but certainly around. The other thing that that's here is, is that he saw. I mean, I think people forget how bad the Bengals were when Zach Taylor took over. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, and so helps when you draft Joe Burrow. Yeah, well, they were but, think of the number one pick. Two yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Other, and so, then they won four games. I think Burrow's first year before he yeah. tore his ACL, and then they went from that, and no one expected. I think the Bengals, the year that they really ascended, the first year, they were like twenty-five to one to win the division. And they just came out of nowhere. Correct. Burrow wins comeback player of the year, uh, and then the rest is history. As we were recording, we got some live breaking news here, guys. The Panthers have hired a head coach, and that is Bucks offensive coordinator Dave Canales, wow. who uh, it was his yeah. first staying in the division. Bit of a surprise. It was his first year as offensive coordinator for Tampa, but we we talk about this offense every week because Baker had a resurgent year. It was really an all around surprise year for Tampa Bay. And Barry, this feels like a a good move for Bryce Young, at least for a team that needs to get that offense right in so many different ways. Well, I mean, here's. You know, it, it's the easy comparison, but it's the one everyone's going to make, so I'll go ahead and just make it, right? Baker Mayfield was a guy that was a number one overall pick that had struggled, that had shown flashes, and you knew the talent was in there, you know, um, and but had been inconsistent, to be kind, throughout his NFL career. He comes to Tampa Bay and under, under Dave Canales, because, I mean, Todd Bowles is a defensive guy, so yes. I mean, the, the entire Buccaneers offense was really was Canales. And under Dave Canales... Baker Mayfield has what I would argue to be his best NFL this season. Is, his best year. is oh, you know statistically and just from the field and just from uh, from the eye test his best NFL season. So now you've got Bryce Young, who's a young player with a lot of talent. We know there's talent in there. You know Bryce Young didn't forget how to play football between right. his senior year at Alabama and his first year in the NFL. Doesn't have a lot of weapon, a lot of weapons around him, and I think you know there was a coaching change in the middle of the season. There just there was a lot that happened that sort of messed with Bryce Young's head last year, and so now you've got somebody in Dave Canales who showed like I can take a talented but inconsistent quarterback and get his head right and get him playing football at an elite level, and so that's the hope obviously here that happens with Bryce Young. Now, if he has Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, that's going to help a lot. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Instead of like, you know, <laughs> right. the, the ghost of Adam Thielen and DJ Shark. But uh, ultimately, you have to figure the, the Panthers will address other positions as well. I think the other thing with Canales, and I'm not sure everyone knows this because I think people only realized who Dave Canales was like five weeks ago just because he wasn't in the spotlight at all in the first half of the season when the Bucks were floundering. In last season... He was Geno Smith's coach. He was the quarterback yeah. coach for the Seahawks. And so he fixes, he helps fix Geno Smith. Yes. He helps fix Baker Mayfield. Uh, and so I think it makes a lot of sense that that is the type. Whether he's good or not, we'll see. But to go for that type of archetype to try and, quote-unquote, fix Bryce Young. And the, the best thing about it is when these head coaches take these jobs and they, they know who the quarterback is going to be. So you have to believe. in the, Like, there's a reason Jim Harbaugh's coaching the Chargers and not the Falcons who interviewed him. There's a big reason he did that. The thing is... Is that I, reason Desmond Ritter? Because he's not good? Not, certainly not as good as Justin Herbert. <laughs> I almost you know? got Lawrence. <laughs> I almost got him. Yeah, he kind of stopped him. for a second. Okay, I almost yeah. got him. I almost got him. Uh, they powered through it. You know, they'll have to do something with the roster. You, like you said, he was working with Geno Smith last year, but there's a DK Metcalf and a Tyler Lockett over there, so they'll have to do something with the roster. Uh, maybe Jonathan Mingo takes a step, and they're going to have to add a lot on that side of the ball at every position. So, you know, good luck and congrats to this man. But your point, but Lawrence, jokes aside, your point there I think is very well taken, which is that I remember when they were interviewing, when the Vikings were interviewing for head coaches a couple of years ago, and there was, there was, there was conversations around whether Kirk Cousins would return to the Vikings. They ultimately ended up franchise tagging him. But what I heard from, uh, from sources was that the interviews were basically like the people that came in and said, all right, we got to start over. They were, they, they were looking for somebody that came in and said, I can win with Kirk Cousins. Bingo. I, I can win with Kirk Cousins. Right. And that was Kevin O'Connell's, one of his pitches, and that's obviously what ended up happening. And he, so far he's proven correct, right? He's been able to win with Kirk Cousins. It's like I, and so I suspect, to your point, especially given the fact that uh, David Tepper, the owner of the Panthers, was you know, widely rumored to be the one to basically saying, I want Bryce Young, and sort of, you know, He's he's kind of pushed all his you know chips into the middle on Bryce Young, especially given the success of C.J. Stroud, who went just after Bryce Young. That yeah, that anyone that came in here had to basically be like, give me the job and I'll make Bryce Young work. Yeah. you know what I mean. Not know I don't know about this. You know no, I don't know. We may in. have to start right. over. We should see if we can trade for Justin Fields. None of that stuff. No no no. Somebody 
so I agree with you, and I think that's a great point that's probably going to get overlooked here. But right, he fixed Geno, he fixed Baker Mayfield, and now he gets Bryce Young. And yes, those guys were more veteran, and they had better weapons around them than Bryce Young does. But the positives are Bryce Young is is young, and uh, you know you've got some time to work here under a rookie deal. Connor, how would you evaluate Bryce Young now? Because I think look, a lot of rookies have bad years in their their first year, but with Bryce Young, I think the concern was that there were just so few flashes outside of maybe the Green Bay game where it seemed to click for him. I think you need to build his confidence back up first. I mean, there, he's not a big quarterback. He's not going to be a huge runner at the next level. He's not going to be Superman like we see. A lot of the guys left in the playoffs right now, not Goff, but Lamar, Mahomes, and Allen, they could all play like Superman. You're not looking from that, even though he's a former number one pick. You need an offense that's based kind of what Mike McDaniel did in Miami, where it's timing, you're getting the ball out, you're creating space and creating yards after catch opportunities. They just don't have the weapons at wide receiver to do that right now, and they don't have a first-round pick. So that's the battle this team is going to deal with. They're either going to have to get creative in free agency or a trade to get that wide receiver, and they're going to have to make the most of their picks in the draft because you need to help out Bryce Young. He simply didn't stand a chance this year. You know who would have been good? Who, who would be great in Carolina is DJ Moore. That would be a perfect fit. DJ Moore would be a per. If there was, it's a shame. If there was a way that they could, because DJ Moore is so good after the catch and everything like that, and good in time. Go it just a long way. Feels like that's like that. If I think about one guy in the NFL that I think would be good <laughs> in Carolina, I feel like DJ Moore just sort of comes to comes to mind there. The other thing, last thing on Bryce Young here, as I just want to say, is just you think about this poor kid. Right, like comes into the pre-draft process, everyone like about your size, you know, your your size and everything like that. But the other thing is, is that Bryce Young was at Alabama, where everyone he had was basically an NFL level prospect, right. and like they were just better than everyone at every position. And, and so you go out there from a feeling of confidence, from a feeling of being a favorite, of you know being dominant, and now you have to go to an an NFL team that is the complete opposite that of every single way, where they're where they are. Uh, talent deficient at almost every position against a team that you know in in every team that they play right. I mean they're they're basically they didn't have a better line than anyone they would play. They wouldn't have better receivers. They wouldn't have a better you know like it's just feel for Bryce Young is all I'll say. I feel for Bryce Young. Well, when your coach get fired, it ain't good. No. So there you go. No, this is factually correct. This is factually correct. Over in Philadelphia, some change with that offensive staff. The Eagles uh, officially part ways with offensive coordinator Brian Johnson. So after that's why Penn State Blake was smiling this morning. He was in a very good mood. Very this good mood. We got to hear. He from, skipped. He's I giggling. saw him skipping. He's giggling. As he, we he's, yeah, he's got a ear to ear grin on his yeah. face right now. We got to hear from Nick Sirianni on making the change at offensive coordinator. To me, we got a little bit stale on offense at the by the end, you know, at the end of the year. And these ideas and this and this new and this new person coming in is is meant to you know take away the staleness and add and add the value of what they're adding to the to the offense. Nick, just for clarification, though, it'll be your scheme, and you'll have final authority on, on what is run. Yeah, you know, it's it's our scheme. It's, it will be our scheme of what we're what we're doing, and so again, I don't know exactly what that will look like yet, right? We're bringing in a guy to bring in new ideas, a guy who has a vision, a guy who can, who's going to call the plays, um, a guy who's going to be able to coach a quarterback in the in the in the in the same sense there. That was Nick Sirianni, of course, the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. He kind of walked uh, himself into a trap there. Did you notice li- that? I did. Well, really good question there. Great follow. Nick Sirianni, Nick Sirianni, of course. Prior to coming to Philadelphia, the offense coordinator of the Colts, he's an offensive-minded coach, and so he's just like, you know, our offense got stale there, you know, towards the end of the year. And they're like, well, but it's still going to be your scheme, right? You'll still have final say, right? He's just like, um, well, it's going to be our scheme. Oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> I mean, like, our scheme. He like, rolled the bus over somebody that doesn't even work there yet. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah. So he's just throwing it out yeah, there yeah. before like, yeah, building yeah. it in. Yeah, if exactly. it works really well, I made a great hire in my scheme. If it doesn't work again, it got stale. I mean, just, yeah, exactly. By the way, this is the, the kind of uh, – uh, strategy that I employ here at the happy hour, right. if you've ever noticed there, just in terms of, you know, if something goes wrong, I throw Penn State Blake or producer Steven under the bus, you know, occasionally Alexa, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, yeah. Right, exactly. There's no bounds. No, yeah. no, no yeah. bounds. And, and, he, he let no, you know, it's, too. It's our, it's our show. It's our. He says somebody to call the plays. Yeah. That's what he said. As and to work with a quarterback. Yeah, yeah. It just doesn't seem like a very appealing job, even though there's no. a lot of talent there, because, I mean, there were 
there was documented examples of when uh, Brian Johnson would call a play and Nick Sirianni would be like, no, nah, no. Nah. <laughs> but you fired anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, what, it, well, what's the win? It was interesting, too, because Brian Johnson had known Jalen Hurts since he was five years old, and so he's he's been with him a while. The Eagles did interview uh, the Texans quarterback coach, though, Gerard Johnson, who worked with Nick Sirianni. So uh, look, look out for that day. I love the Brian Johnson, Jalen Hurts. They've known each other since Hurts was five. It's like, one, I can't even remember when I was five. Two, did they, were they close at all? Or were they right. just like, oh, I just met you for one time when he, you were five he, and then he checked played, in when you were 12? <laughs> he like, played high school for Hurts' father. Right. That's what he, yeah, that's yeah. What he yeah, did. It's a loose, loose connection. Yeah. 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 It clearly right. didn't, it didn't work. It didn't work. It only went so yeah. far. Yeah. It didn't work. This one, although on the other side of the ball, I will say this, and this is annoying to me because obviously I'm a Commanders fan, mm. so I, I root against the Eagles. I don't hate them the way I hate yeah. the Cowboys. But annoying I, to me too as a Giants fan. Right, but this is right. You're, you're a lifelong Giants what? fan. Um, <laughs> so uh, they also obviously, obviously, Sean Desai, uh, has left the team, and they have hired Vic Fangio. Mm. Vic Fangio, who was the defensive coordinator of the Miami Dolphins, that falls apart, which is a weird one to That's me, Connor. That's a lot to unpack there. You know, um, I mean, I get it. The defense faltered in the second, you know, last couple of games here, but they were so beat they up. They had no players. No players. They had no pl- Like, you can't play. Like, I think this Like, it's Vic Fangio's <laughs> fault that Bradley Chubb, you know, <laughs> Break, broke his leg or whatever. Yeah, Phillips. Phillips. Yeah, I mean, cool. right. Yep. Yeah. Ramsey was gone the first couple of months of the season. Xavier Howard was gone. I, yeah. This was I pretty clearly was, he I wanted was, out. Yeah, yeah, something with relationships with the players yes. and stuff like that. But for the Eagles, you couldn't – defensively, you can't go nowhere else but up. When he was – when Vic Fangio was a defensive consultant for them in the 2022 season, they had the best pass rush in the league. That was non-existent. This season, so it's it can only be a plus for the Eagles. I also think that it was. I mean, look, they got destroyed by the Chiefs in the playoffs, but also impressed with what Fangio did in that game. Just like, all right, we're just going cover zero. Just like, we're, we're screwed anyway. Yeah, let's just let's create yeah. some variance. Maybe some chaos will happen. I thought that was a smart approach. It just didn't didn't work as much. I mean, honestly, they should have been blown out much more than they, yeah. given how injured they were, and yeah, the fact exactly. that it's this warm weather sit team going to like exactly. the frozen tundra of Kansas City. Like, they should have been I, – I, they held them to a lot of field goals in that game. Yep. Like, I actually thought the defense played pretty well there. So, super weird that he – that Fangio left Miami. I think he's being blamed for stuff that isn't his fault. But as a Commanders fan, I'm super annoyed because I think Vic Fangio is one of the best defensive coordinators in the game. Yep. And so, I'm annoyed that he's going to Philadelphia. To your point, Lawrence, nowhere to go but up for this Eagles defense. They need to get some players. Vic Fangio can only do so much. But um, uh, and they need to get healthier. But I think this is a great hire for Philadelphia on the defensive side of the ball. And as good of a regular season that Miami had, if you're Mike McDaniel, you can only shake up that side of the ball so many times before the finger starts to come all the way around to the hires you made and the dysfunction. I know Miami had a good year, but it felt like it came to a shocking, disappointing end. And this is a weird breakup. Daniel's definitely on the hot seat next year. Between, I I understand Skylar Thompson uh, against Buffalo last year, but like they they couldn't get the plays in against Buffalo in the playoffs and then just to completely melt down in those final three games. That was 56-19 to the Ravens. And again, that was for the one seed. I mean, mean, listen, with five games to go, they were three games up in the AFC East to win the division. And they missed the playoffs. I mean, three games up with five to go. And they missed the playoffs. Well, they like, missed they lost the division. They, they, yeah, they lost, they lost the division. division. Sorry, yeah, they, they, they the lost which division. ultimately cost them any chance to the playoffs. Cost them the ch- chance to playoffs. Yeah, because them playing in Miami and them playing in Kansas City would have been Game completely different for that team. And I, I'll say yeah. this though, Jay, I'll say if they if they somehow miss the playoffs next year, the Dolphins, then we talking about something. exactly. But my point is, is they should they right? They had a chance to host a play at least one uh, right. playoff game, and it said they had to go on the road to Kansas City. Uh, in, in the freezing cold as well. And, you know, obviously, like, they didn't, except for Dallas, they didn't beat any winning team with a winning record, right? I mean, or any team that was considered, quote-unquote, good. Yep. Um, all the sort of big games, they, they kind of got blown out there. And after the playoff loss, were the Cowboys even an elite team? Yep. 
And the Cowboys also got blown out by every team that was good. Right. Uh, well, he's blown out by the Niners and uh, and the Bills and the Dolphins had to squeak across the line. Guys, there's four good teams. They're playing on Sunday. That's right. And before <laughs> we get to those two games, in just one moment, one last piece of coaching news since we've been off the air. The Raiders finalized their deal to hire Antonio Pierce, formerly the interim head coach. He becomes yeah, the yeah. official head coach. Good move by the Raiders. Everybody loves to see it, especially Max Crosby, apparently. Raiders also hired former Chargers GM Tom Telesco to be their new GM. <laughs> I so, love that's the, an interesting one. I love the tweeting about how Tom Telesco had accumulated so much talent in, uh, in Los Angeles with the Chargers. Like, this team underperformed <laughs> like, right. constantly For a decade. over his reign. Yeah, I mean, For a but, they uh, do uh, have yeah. some talent. Yeah. just... Yeah, underperformed. So yeah. I yeah. think you had to like. I think it was kind of a no-brainer to bring back Pierce. One, because Max Crosby, your best player, was going to demand the trade. <laughs> yeah. Uh, two, just that defense turned into a top two unit the second half of the season when it was routinely picked to be a bottom ten defense going into the year, and to get that out of that unit was incredibly impressive. Really All impressive, right. and we'll just we'll see what happens with the offense. But clearly, it, it seems like if Josh Jacobs comes back, or if he does not, Zamir White. Whoever is, is like Antonio Pierce wants a run-heavy approach, mm-hmm. you know, wants to run the ball and play good defense. And so the starting uh, running back of the Raiders will be very interesting and fantasy relevant next year. All right, guys, we are halfway into our show, and we can finally get into the conference championship <laughs> yes, games. Yes. That's right. Starting with the Chiefs going to Baltimore to take on the Ravens in uh, what could truly be maybe the best game of the entire playoffs. I know. Kansas City Buffalo was phenomenal, but this one opened up at Ravens, favored by three. It's now sitting at three and a half for the Ravens in favor of the Ravens. The total opened at 47. It's dropped all the way to 44 and a half. Jay, before we get to the players in this game, Matthew from Daily Fantasy. Jay, what do you think about that pretty significant drop on this points side of this? So I think there's a few things going on here. Joe Tooney with the peck is unlikely to play. That hurts the offensive line. Baltimore have an extra day of rest, which helps a lot. Baltimore seem like the healthier team. Looks like they'll get Marlon Humphrey back, Mark Andrews, full participant in practice. That can only help too. And the thing with me is that I just can't get past how bad Kansas City's offense, or at least how uninspiring Kansas City's offense was, not just for a stretch, for the entire season. Entire season. And my thought is, is not that they have just magically solved things in the playoffs. I think they played a Dolphins team that had no pass rushes left, uh, and as we said, had to just go cover zero over and over again. And they played a Bills team that was just missing half its defense. Uh, and so I think that that is what is triggering this line movement, the idea that Baltimore's defense is just going to be too much. I'll be quick here. I, I won't be surprised if Baltimore wins this game by double digits. Kansas City will have to match that physicality that Baltimore has. Baltimore's defense is not injured. Kansas City blitzed Josh Allen 10 times. Josh Allen had a field day on the ground. They're going to have a much tougher time with Lamar Jackson in that aspect. Yeah, very, very true. I mean, like on the show we did on Monday, I took the Ravens minus three as my pick. It's it's moving that way. I agree. The Ravens, I think, are the best team in the NFL right now, and they are until proven otherwise as well. As good as the Chiefs' defense has played all year long, the one sort of Achilles heel that they've had is their run defense. I mean, the Bills last week ran all over them, with Josh Allen and James Cook as well. So the Ravens, who are arguably the best rushing team in the NFL between Lamar Jackson, you'll see some Justice Hill and Gus Edwards as well. I, I, I don't know. I think, uh, I think given how good the defense is and how well they run the ball, feels like uh, this is a Ravens, Ravens win for uh, for us on Sunday. Anyone in DFS, Matthew, that you find intriguing by price in this game? I mean, I think there are a lot of people, obviously. I don't mind paying up for Lamar Jackson at 7,700, 18 fantasy points in five of the past six games. Again, we think the rushing will be there as well. You see Zay Flowers, who scored in four of his past six games, dating back to the regular season as well. Uh, Pacheco is kind of interesting here. He missed practice yesterday, but said he is absolutely playing. Pacheco, of course, just massive workload, 20 touches in four of the past five games, including the playoffs. He scored in six straight games, and the one vulnerability of the Ravens' defense is their rushing defense. It's easy. I don't think it's easy to do anything against Baltimore, but if there's one thing, it's easier to run against them than it is to throw against them because they're so strong in the back end, especially if, as you said, they get Humphrey back. Yep. All right, our next game here, Lions, of course, traveling to play the 49ers. This one opened up as the Niners' six-and-a-half-point favorites. It's moved uh, to seven points now, so things trending. Seven-and-a-half now trending the Niners' way. The point total sits at 51 in this. Jay, looking at some of the fantasy plays, obviously this features the marquee name and Christian McCaffrey. 
but maybe some value after that, and whether it's a George Kittle or Brandon Ayuk as we keep an eye on Debo Samuel's status for this game. Yeah, I would look at Brandon Ayuk in particular. This Detroit run defense has been excellent all season. The pass defense has been, frankly, horrific and has been uh, very vulnerable to big plays. And we know that this Niners team can obviously get you down the field. Uh, and so I think that Brandon Ayuk could be the guy I'd be targeting. What about yeah, you, for me, uh, it's Jameer Gibbs. If the Lions was watching what the Packers was able to do versus the Niners in the run game last week with the better line, make this the game where you give Jameer Gibbs 20 touches. Only four games this season with Montgomery has he had 15 or more touches. That, that long run that Aaron Jones had that he didn't score, that's a house call for Jameer Gibbs. Every time he has the ball, he's got a chance to go. So I like Gibbs in the matchup. I do. As, uh, look, I, I agree with you on Gibbs. I'll also just say I think Brock Purdy at $6,400, like this may come up in our last segment as well, just as, as a little hint here, but just a little foreshadowing here. But just, again, the Lions have given up over 300 yards passing in five straight games, including the Baker Mayfield last week, including the Nick Mullins twice <laughs> in the last five games mm. as well. Just the secondary is bad, and I get people are going to be nervous about, uh, about no Debo, but you think about how good the Lions' run defense is, and so they're mu- they're very much a pass funnel offense. And I just think because Purdy looked so bad last week, and no Debo, people will be off of him. And I think it's an interesting again because the weather will be perfect here, and he's been fine. The non-Debo games earlier year were without Trent Williams, which I actually think was a bigger uh, concern than it was uh, no Debo Samuel. So the fact he'll have Trent Williams and he'll have perfect weather in a game script that should favor 49ers and I think they won't be able to run nearly as effectively against them as they will be able to throw. So I like Brock Purdy there and you know Kittle and Ayuk as part of the passing attack. Yep. If Debo isn't out, Juwan Jennings becomes pretty interesting too. Yep. I would be shocked if Purdy plays poorly in this game just with the conditions, with the matchup. I think his moment of truth will come in the Super Bowl and then we'll truly learn what he's made of. All right, we're taking our first break. When we're back, who's eating good? Of course, served by Applebee's. Our top Super Bowl MVP picks right after this. Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus Chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease. Plus, it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored, soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So let's take a look at the Super Bowl MVP odds right now. Lamar Jackson is the leader here at plus 220. Brock Purdy at plus 330. Then Christian McCaffrey at plus 350. Patrick Mahomes at plus 380 before we get into a couple of players that are way down the board there. Lawrence, let's start here with your guy, Lamar Jackson. Of course, no bigger supporter, I think, preseason than you had for Lamar. You took him number one, I believe, in our fantasy league. What do you think about those odds going into... How'd you finish in our fantasy league, by the way? <laughs> it wasn't because of Lamar. It wasn't because of Lamar. Well, Lamar was great early on. We could have hey, helped you early. He, he, was, me, he was better NFL-wise than he was fantasy-wise. Give fantasy me wise. the number one pick again in our league, and I'm taking him again. Yep. There you go. Cool. Let uh, me get totally that. Fine. But... Is he your Super Bowl MVP right now? <laughs> yes, definitely. And I think that 220 is still a good number, especially since how we just talked about the game. Just he's on the better team. I think he'll be the better quarterback that particular game. So to get him at plus 220 when you got the two guys from the 49ers at a plus 330 and plus 350, he's been the 
he's going to win the MVP the last, what, seven or eight weeks he's been the best player in football and is still at plus 220. I think that's a good number. 70 or more rushing yards in three of the past five games. 45% of his rushes in the divisional round went for 10 or more yards as well. And so, really, this is one of those simple sort of, you know, kind of betting things, uh, Jay. But, like, if you think the Ravens, what are the odds – because I'll bet you'll know this off the top of your head. I haven't had a chance to – I've downloaded Bet the Edge, but I haven't listened to it yet today. Um, it's just in my queue for the drive home. Uh, I slept in, sorry, this morning. But I feel like if you think the Ravens are going to win the Super Bowl, aren't you better off just betting Lamar Jackson to win MVP? Yeah, so I would argue that there is no player in NFL history more likely to win Super Bowl MVP on their own team than Lamar Jackson on this Ravens team. Who else is going to win? Well, Zay, Zay Flowers going to win Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> the guy he, 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 like, there's Zay no Flowers one. would have to have the type of game that he's not had yet. Yeah, and the thing is too is like even if Zay Flowers gets 140 receiving yards, Lamar Jackson's still going to run. Like he's still going to get the rushing yards. It would take like Kyle Hamilton having like three picks for yeah. Lamar Jackson not and a to touchdown. Win. Because the thing is like they have to win the game, and if they win the game, Lamar Jackson has to do something, and he's Lamar Jackson. And the market is saying right now he's a 90 percent chance to win MVP if the Ravens win the Super Bowl. I think it's more like 95. Like honestly, like yeah. I just can't really construct ways that he would lose. So I th- I would prefer to bet Lamar at plus 220 than the Ravens at plus 190. Exactly. I mean, like, I think about, and by the way, it's also, it's a quarterback-driven award. I go back to when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl a couple of years. Damian Williams should yes, have been, right. should have absolutely been the MVP. Yep. He made unbelievable runs. He scores the touchdown. That, he should have been the MVP. They still gave it to yep. Mahomes because he's patching Mahomes. Yep. And he really just, you know, he made a couple of big plays, but Mahomes did not play great that entire Super Bowl. Yep. It was Damian Williams that carried the team, and yet, so my point is, is that even a, mediocre to decent game from Lamar. Yep. If the Ravens win the Super Bowl, Lamar Jackson's your MVP. Better odds. Yep. All right, our second player here, Brock Purdy, who yes. is the runner-up on this board at plus 330. Matthew, you seem excited about that one for Brock Purdy. He's got a good matchup for himself against Detroit this week. He's got a really good matchup for himself, and that's the other thing, too, is it's like... You like the matchup. Look, his passer rating in four of the past five games has been over 122, right? I Like, he... Bad day at the office last week against the Packers, except for that final drive. But again, very, very wet. He's playing with a glove, without the glove um, as well. But this should be a get-right game on Sunday. Perfect weather. Again, as we talked about last segment, tough team to run against. Very easy team to throw against as well. Perfect weather. He'll He'll get credit for the fact that he'll have a good game without Debo Samuel as well. And then whether he faces the Ravens or the Chiefs, both really good defenses, the, the 49ers don't win the Super Bowl unless Brock Purdy plays well against either one of those defenses. Yeah. So, so yeah. there's two quick things. One, Brock Purdy has a little bit of a stench on him at the moment. Like, if the Niners win the Super Bowl, that goes away. So forget about that. And then secondly... He's a 100% chance to play either Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. You think the Niners are going to beat those guys without Brock Purdy playing well? Like, he's the quarterback. The market right now is saying he's a 55% chance to win MVP if the Niners win the Super Bowl, and that uh, Jared Goff is like an 85% chance if the Lions win the Super Bowl. Like, he's completely wrong. Like, he's the quarterback. He was minus 250 to win MVP with three weeks left in the season. He will have to play well, and I think that he will get the credit. And to your point... He'll not only have to play well, he will have to outduel either Patrick Mahomes yes. or Lamar Jackson Lawrence. I, I think Christian McCaffrey could rip off some and he and he'll end up MVP. Like if you look at the game against the Packers, right? And let's pretend that was the Super Bowl, we probably would have gave it to Christian McCaffrey. Um I think we give it to Dre Greenlaw, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he would have been That's yeah, he would have he would have been in play too. That that yeah. Brock Purdy and uh CMC, their odds are too they're just too similar for me to not want to take it on a guy who could score two to three touchdowns in a game. We are guaranteed good weather or climate control for that's the Super Bowl. That's the other thing. And no that's the slippery hands for Brock, which is that's a big, yeah. big deal. Yeah. All right, our final one here, the long shot on the board, Jay. How about Isaiah Pacheco at plus 9,000? He's been hot lately, 110 scrimmage yards in three of his past five games. Yep, so the math here is basically, if you think there is a 5% chance that Pacheco would win MVP in a Chiefs Super Bowl win, then he's a good bet, uh, or he's 90-1. to 1. And I think just with the way that this offense has struggled in the passing game and the fact that the Niners are the most likely opponent for the Chiefs and the Niners have really struggled in run defense. Look at what Aaron Jones did to them last week. I think Pacheco at 90 to 1 is worth a flyer. I'd rather be betting him than Mahomes at plus 380, given that's basically their Super Bowl price exactly. 
I would agree with that as well. I mean, look, and the other thing is, is that again, like when they get in close, like there's a reason why he's a long shot. But this is somebody who's had, to your point, seven scrimmage touchdowns in his last six games. Like there's a scenario where Isaiah Pacheco has a multiple touchdown game in the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. Yep. You know, like again, that they just try to run the ball that that uh, Mahomes is under pressure and that they feel like the best chance of them beating San Francisco is we're going to play good defense, we're going to run the ball, we're going to control the clock. And so um, Pacheco, who runs angry, yes, he runs, you know, stomps. runs like he bites people. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you know. He stomps. Yeah. And then Rico Dowdle. Yeah, I know. They're the two, <laughs> they're the two stompiest runners in the NFL. <laughs> the I love it. It's love great. That. Draft season is here, and we've got you covered. Check out my latest film breakdown with Noah Eagle as we go through five of the most underrated prospects in the Big Ten in this year's NFL Draft. Up now on NBC Sports YouTube channel. We're going to break one more wow. break. When we're back, it's last Not call. Cool. Not cool of Steven to make you read your own promo. That's <laughs> yeah, tough out here. Film breakdown with Connor Rogers. Go check it out, you animals. Just trying to keep the lights on around here. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this playoffs, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat, same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code Barry when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the, the crowd is yours. I got in at the you end. Did. I was watching you, Lawrence. I was Finally. making sure. Like Brock Purdy. Just yeah. coming for the final drive. <laughs> That's right, but a key component. <laughs> it is time for last call. Let's take a look at the most bet player props going into conference championship weekend. Lamar Jackson at the top of the board, rushing yards over 64 and a half. That's a minus 140 now. Patrick Mahomes passing touchdowns over one and a half. Lamar Jackson passing touchdowns over one and a half plus 140. CMC rushing attempts under 20 and a half. Jared Goff passing touchdowns over one and a half. Jay, what are you looking at on the board this weekend? Yes, a lot of big names there. Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Christian McCaffrey. So give me Josh Reynolds over 35 and a half receiving yards. He's quietly emerged as their wide receiver too. He played 86% of the snaps against the Rams, 78% last week. And they were just in a run script, so they didn't have to target him too much. But in the game where they're seven and a half point dogs, Perfect conditions. Think that Goff will need to be throwing. And Josh Reynolds, just as a wide receiver, too, in a must, obviously a must-win matchup. 35.5 is too low for me. Matthew, what about you? So uh, I'm going with two bets for San Francisco. Again, we already talked about this earlier. Brock Purdy. I actually like him at an alt line. 300 passing yards at plus uh, plus 160, I should say. Remember, again, the Lions have given up over 300 passing yards in five straight games, including Mm. Nick Mullins twice and Baker Mayfield. Perfect weather as well. So I think Purdy, in a game in which they'll struggle to run, but they should be able to throw. Give me Brock Purdy uh, over 300 yards on an alt line at plus 160. And I also like the over on George Kittle's receiving yards at 61.5. So Kittle's been over this number in like four of the past six games. And in games over the last two years in which Debo Samuel hasn't played, he's got a 30% target share as well. Lions really struggle against the tight end. Kate Otten had a huge game last week against the Lions as well. So I think Kittle, who should get extra attention, I'm not expecting Debo to play, or if he does, he'll be less than 100%. Give me the over on Kittle at 61.5. Lawrence? Yeah, like that. Uh, give me alt line for Lamar Jackson's uh, 70 rush. Yeah, <laughs> shocker. I mean, the, uh, besides obvious reasons, uh, the Chiefs, Willie, uh, Willie Gay, who was spying Josh Allen, he's a little banged up. And even when he wasn't, he couldn't stop Josh Allen. So you damn sure are going to have problems with Lamar and that. So I mean, you know me, I'm always the plus money. So give me that plus 105. There it is. I'm thinking the same thing as you. Quarterbacks running in this game. Mahomes over 26 and a half rushing yards. He only had 19 last weekend, but 41 rushing yards against the Dolphins. And the most important thing is he's going to look to run in this game. You yeah. need everything's on the line in this game. Yeah. It's a great defense. One thing you can capitalize on is maybe picking up some free first downs with your Indeed. legs. Yep. He's just never on the field against the Bills, which is the crazy thing. Yeah. They average 7.7 yards per play, but they right. never had the ball because the Bills are running so effectively. That's the only concern there with that bet is that I think the Ravens will run effectively in this yep. one as well. But, but to your point, they'll get after the quarterback and, you know. He's got to run well, for his life. He's got to run yeah, for his no life. About it. There's, no, uh, there's no question about it. All right, well. Lawrence, welcome back. Good to see you. Don't know yeah. what you've been doing. Uh, we're back. We're back on Monday uh, after the divisional round playoffs as well. Listen, it's closing time, which means you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. So we'll see you back on Monday for a very happy Penn State Blake, Lawrence, Jay, and Connor. I'm Matthew Berry. We'll see you on Monday. Peace out.